0: But that's the way I like it, and I never get cold.
1: Yeah, me now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I guess since we started late, maybe we better get going.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's just uh, get into it.
1: All right, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning.
0: It's a show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm
1: Ted Halliwell. And today we will be talking about Season 6, Episode 12, The Label Maker. But before that, we did have some homework and extra credit and trivia-type stuff from the previous episode, which was the switch, and we wanted to know. We had a, some question about if the model's name was ever said, and if it was, when was it said? This is George's girlfriend, and it happens the first time it said is in Jerry's apartment after George and Nina, the model, go to Papardella. Kramer says, you know, he's talking about how his mother's a matron and he goes, yeah, they're all right. I said it there. You satisfied? Anything else you want to know? And George says, Kramer, Kramer, I need to know if Nina is refunding. Uh, So that was the first time. Yeah. Okay. And then we also wanted to know, we were like, all right, who is the roommate then? Uh, And the roommate's name is first said when Jerry and George are going over the switch. Okay. George says, you disappoint me, my friend. Sandy wants nothing to do to you. She tells Laura, okay. if you want to waste your time with that pervert, that's your problem. Yeah, <laughs> and then I don't think it's ever brought up again.
0: I, I don't think so because I mean we had we both had so much trouble thinking of like yeah. their name, like we, we couldn't even remember like when they said Nina.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, the <laughs> only way we knew is by, by looking it up on Wikipedia or IMDb or whatever and seeing like. But then you're like, all right, well. It doesn't say girlfriend or roommate, it says Nina and Laura, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I mean we we have run into the the instance a couple of times now where people will have character names. Like it, it'll list the character name on IMDB or something, but it will never be said in the episode.
1: That is true. Yeah, that's happened several times.
0: Like I think um I think the first couple times that we met George's mom, we never knew her name was Estelle.
1: Yeah, that's probably right. And I want to say that there was a bit of a like some weird mix up with the uh, book club girlfriend, where we never learned her name, but it, I guess it's the same actor or actress. I mean, from the end of the the book club episode and the beginning of the next episode, and they have different names. Like in in one on one page on IMDb, she's labeled as Mary, and then the next it's Lori or something like that. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. So even they sometimes can't decide when it's not said, or they changed it, and you know, in between, like, no, let's change, let's call her this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we also wanted to know a little bit more about the Menage a Trois, and I, I was, I was kind of thinking, I was like, you know what, I want to say that maybe Jerry Seinfeld even invented, like, maybe they uh, invented this. If not invented it, at least they popularized it. I, and I still stand by that second part, but. But no, menage a trois has been a thing for a very long time. Oh, really? So here's, okay. Yeah, here's from Wikipedia. A menage a trois is a domestic arrangement with three people sharing romantic or sexual relations with one another and typically dwelling together. The phrase is a loan from French, meaning household of three, a form of polyamory. Contemporary arrangements are sometimes identified as a thruple, which yeah. I, I think I, is a word that I said uh, last week. Because yeah, I, I, I think it was weird c- sort of dissecting the fact that like, People wouldn't think this is as big a deal as George and Jerry do.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, so here's
1: the other weird thing about it: the Wikipedia page makes no mention of Seinfeld. Really? Normally, there's you know anything that Seinfeld references, you can see on the actual Wikipedia page about that subject. They're like, oh, it's mentioned in the Seinfeld episode, blah blah blah. But this is one of Seinfeld's most famous contributions to '90s culture, and it's nowhere. Hmm. Yeah. yeah
0: interesting. I-, I know, like. Wikipedia editors are typically, like, really on top of their external references sections.
1: Yeah, 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 <laughs> or references in pop culture or yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but there is but there is a long list of, of famous menage a trois, and one <laughs> of them is, get this, at the age of 16 in 1813, the future author of Frankenstein, Mary Godwin, eloped with her soon-to-be husband, Percy Shelley, and engaged in a menage a trois with Claire Claremont, future lover of Lord Byron, with whom the Shelleys would later have an extensive relationship. I only mention that because, isn't it interesting, and I wonder if this is on purpose, that Jerry and Laura go to see Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And Mary Shelley was, I guess, famously involved <laughs> in a couple menage a trois.
0: Oh, my God. Isn't I, that weird? Th- that's got to be on purpose, right? It has to be. It has to be a little Easter egg. If if not, that is like the like one of the biggest like best like uh, uh, um, what's what am I think what am I trying to think of coincidences coincidences yeah oh my god. I mean, on one hand, I can see like all right because
1: we discussed that Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. There was a very popular movie version of that that had come out just pre you know just that previous uh, fall or winter. But, I mean, also, I can see, like, a nerdy sitcom writer going, oh, here we go. No one's going to discover this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope someone got promoted for that <laughs> Easter egg. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that someone got promoted for
1: the opposite of a blunder.
0: What What is the opposite of a blunder? A, uh, I have no idea. A, 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 a blonder. Yeah.
1: Uh, And uh, so just a couple of other things from the episode. Ethel Kennedy is still alive.
0: Today? In 2020? Today!
1: (laughs) Yeah. And Ian Abercrombie, who played Mr. Pitt, of course, has passed away. But Ethel Kennedy is still alive. She's only 92, which means that in 1995, she was only 67.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Yeah. So I found that kind of interesting that they were making fun of a 67-year-old playing tennis. Where I'm like, that's not... That's not that old. But I do agree that... I do agree, still agree with Jerry's line. Like, he needs a $300 brew line to beat Ethel Kennedy. Jeez.
0: <laughs>
1: the episode was titled The Bulimic in pre-production drafts. So I guess I can understand why they switched it to The <laughs> Switch. Yeah. <laughs> so where did the name Cosmo come from? Uh, originally, supposedly... I don't know if this is true. Kramer's first name was originally going to be Conrad. And this was planned to be revealed in the Season 2 episode titled The Bet... Which was written by Larry Charles, which is Seinfeld's lost episode. It was scrapped because of the controversial controversial storyline in which Elaine buys a gun. Mm-hmm. And Kramer's first name, of course, was finally revealed to be Cosmo in this episode, and that was suggested by Larry David, who took the name from a boy who lived in the same apartment building as him and the real Kramer, Kenny Kramer, who is the inspiration, of course, for the the fake Kramer.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and is that? Yeah. Sorry, I, I I can't remember if we've touched on this before. Has there ever been like any leaked script of the gun or the the bet? Not that I know
1: of. But that's okay. a great question.
0: I, I I couldn't remember if we've brought that up before or not. But it, it just uh it just baffles me. Like no one has seen this script. Like there's no there there's nothing.
1: Yeah yeah. Just just scrubbed from existence. Like they yeah. they didn't even save it. You know that was for like well maybe there was a couple jokes in there we can use later. Like no. The whole thing is burned. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, like there's there, there's the stories that exist about Squidward's suicide from from SpongeBob, uh, yeah. but but there's there's more that exist about that than there is the gun. I would love to, it'd be fun
1: to do a dramatic reading of The Gun as part of a, you know, as a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. For one of our Patreon episodes.
0: Jer- Jerry Seinfeld and Jason Alexander uh, launched their own Seinfeld rewatch <laughs> podcast, and it starts with the lost episode of The Gun.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm on board. That would be, that would be the most popular. I mean, who, Joe, Joe Rogan who? Like, <laughs> that would be... I think that would take the world by storm.
0: J- Jerry Seinfeld asking Elon Musk if he's ever tried DMT. <laughs> uh,
1: so the as I, as I remember, the revelation of Kramer's first name was heavily promoted by NBC in the lead up to the episode's first broadcast. And it's interesting you bring up the script because all copies of the script had X's in place of every instance of the name Cosmo to prevent it from being leaked to the press. Hmm. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's funny. Oh, my God.
1: Just like, uh, you know, there's echoes of like who shot Mr. Burns there, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like where there was uh, multiple scripts so that uh, if one got out, there's not a guarantee that it was the right one.
1: Yeah. Jeez. (laughs) And though the episode was filmed three weeks before the race, it aired after the race so that the Christmas themed the race could air during the Christmas season and before the holiday break there.
0: Oh, um, before the okay. end of the
1: year, Yeah. And uh, just so here's another little interesting Easter egg. Newman, supposedly in this episode, I didn't notice it, but I, I saw this, someone write this later, can be seen wearing the executive, the beltless raincoat that Morty Seinfeld designed.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh my God, I didn't even catch that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean either. I'm guessing it's when he's on the street when he runs into Babs later, but I'm, I'm not sure. And I think that's all I have. All right. Uh, did we have anything else for News? You know, we did lose another Seinfeld. That's actor. right. Oh
0: my god!
1: Crazy enough, Richard Helm, I think was his name, and we haven't met him yet in our universe uh, of no hugging, no learning. But uh, he plays. Hang on, let me. Uh, was it was it
0: Richard Helm? Richard Hurd.
1: Oh, Richard Hurd. There we go.
0: But yeah, this makes like three or four uh, background players in in the Seinfeld universe in the last like month.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you want to go back to, um, I forget what it was. The um, it's definitely three in the last couple of weeks, really. Yeah, yeah with Sam um, Lloyd,
0: with Jerry Stiller, and now and now uh,
1: Richard Hurd. Richard Heard. But um, I think you can go back to the the Moyle was. Early, I want to say earlier this year. I forget when.
0: Well, but I it mean, might, it might have been
1: late last year.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, it was late last year that they found him uh he 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 did go missing before that though
1: right 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 well I think we might even meet Richard Hurd this season because he plays George's boss at the Yankees Mr. Wilhelm so um hopefully we'll we'll see that I seem to have thought that
0: we had already met him like wasn't this the guy that George interviewed with
1: I don't think so that guy that guy was like kind of famous right like uh, I recognized him. Uh, oh yeah yeah, it was that I think he interviewed with the guy from the Breakfast Club, didn't he? Oh, I have no idea. Oh man. Yeah, uh, I think so and I was like, I can't believe this guy didn't even get a uh, I remember him being one of the guys that I couldn't believe didn't get a special guest, blah blah blah.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, so I, do, I don't think we've met this guy yet. The the closest we've seen to a boss is guy at head of table who I'm I still do not think <laughs> who always gets exasperated at meetings that George has called. Uh, Who I don't think whose name we know yet.
0: All right, is that it?
1: Yeah, oh yeah, I think that's it.
0: Okay. Uh, But if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research heavy show. We like to watch these episodes in real time and have questions come up naturally and assign them to ourselves next week as though we are answering homework. I'm watching these episodes for the first time ever. Tim is watching these episodes for the first time in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years. Uh, If we miss something, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet at nohugging on Twitter or nohugging, nolearningshow at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. Speaking of Apple Podcasts, if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review there and we will send you a no hugging no learning sticker. If you don't have Apple Podcasts, you can submit a review wherever is possible that you can do it. Uh, I know uh, we had some guy on Twitter, uh, uh, Stash, uh, was looking to submit a rating on Podcast Addict. And, and I know they they just instituted ratings and reviews on there. Uh, you just have to, like, log in with your Google Play account. But... Uh, he was getting like a really weird error. So if you're if you're able to submit a rating or a review anywhere other than Apple Podcasts, just send us a screenshot of it, and we'll get you a sticker as long as you send us your address. Uh, like uh, Dill Fan 69, who gave us a five star rating and said, "This is a great listen. They have a great format and a spectacular topic. I can't say enough good things about this one for fans and newcomers alike." Thank you, Dillfan69, who is uh, one of the uh, hosts of the Idiotville podcast. Something that we've brought up a couple of times here before. Definitely, uh, definitely worth checking out if you are in Erie, PA, or if you just like uh, liberal politics. Really. <laughs> <laughs> uh we, we did we, we did get a couple of uh we we did get a few new ratings without a written review uh because we we passed that 30 threshold we've got 33 ratings now but this was the only written review that we got so if you want us to see your review if you want us to see that you actually rated or reviewed us you gotta write the review as well you can't just do the five star rating although i mean we'll take just the five star ratings it's it's whatever. oh yeah yeah that being said season six episode 12 the label maker original air date january 19th 1995 i was two years and 30 days old and tim if you count this episode and every other episode we have 78 episodes until we become a lost media conspiracy theory podcast
1: I love it. I would listen to that. Oh,
0: I would listen to every single (laughs) episode of this. Uh, But if you are looking in TV Guide the night of January 19th, 1995, you're going to see Jerry and Elaine are suspicious of a friend's gifts.
1: Mm Hmm. And we start with a stand-up bit as usual, and it's Jerry joking about how loyalty to a sports team is really just like you're rooting for the clothes, because the team can move and the players all change, so really you just like the uniform, which is pretty funny. And (laughs) He talks about how when one player leaves a team, they'll boo him because he's in a different shirt, essentially. Boo! Different shirt. Boo! <laughs> I, I really liked it. I thought it was funny. I mean, I think sports are kind of a, a funny topic anyway when you break them down, like the absurdity of it. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, like, my, my wife, Sarah, was just talking about Twitch channels and how she can't believe people can watch pe- other people play video games. I was like... What's the difference between that and watching other people play baseball or football? I was like, I don't think there's any difference.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I know Grace is big on Twitch now. Like she, she has uh, this one streamer she watches all the time.
1: Uh, that, what, is, uh, what does what does this streamer do?
0: Uh, either uh, plays uh, plays Fortnite, plays uh, uh, Marble Run, uh, a couple of different things. But it's more about the community they've built than the games they play.
1: Yeah, my brother uh, is on Twitch, and I finally subscribed to him through, I used my free Amazon Prime subscription. Hey, nice. Uh, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I find, but I haven't, I haven't watched anything that he's, he's always like, he's like, yeah, so I'm streaming tonight from like 11 to 3. I'm like,
0: what? I can't,
1: <laughs> I can't stay up and watch <laughs> a, from 11 to 3 a.m. Um,
0: is, is he so, on the East Coast too?
1: Yeah, yeah, he okay. is. <laughs> He's just a late streamer. I mean, that, you know, one that's of those when late streamers.
0: That, that's when uh, most everybody is on Twitch. That that's when everyone's rolling in. Because I mean, you, yeah. you figure uh, three a.m. to us is what midnight on on the West Coast.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. Well, I I finally subscribed because he said he might start doing it. Like Amazon, not to get off on too much of a Twitch topic, but um, Amazon like released a bunch of movies and stuff that Twitch people could use for free if they wanted to have watch alongs and stuff. And I was like, that's awesome, man. I'll watch along with you. Well, that's
0: awesome. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. So uh, I, I'm, I really want to get in on that. I really like that concept of, you know, watching something with a chat window. And I just haven't, did you hear Hulu has done that? I mean, to bring it back to Seinfeld.
0: No, no, I didn't.
1: Yeah. So Hulu for the ad for, oh, it's only for ad free people now. And Mm. anybody you want to join your watch party also has to be ad free. So I'm like, Way to create a class system, Hulu. <laughs>
0: you know, Jeez. Like,
1: you want to come to my watch party, but you're not ad-free? <sighs> Go away.
0: <laughs> Ew, you have a Hulu with ads? Get out of here, uh. peasant.
1: <laughs> and what would they think of me for having Hulu as a free part of my Spotify bundle somehow. I don't even know how I,
0: <laughs> however I landed oh, that deal. And even lower is the people who have Hulu bundled with Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. Uh,
1: bundlers.
0: Get out of here. Okay, but what what would they think about me wanting to open up a deli with Hulu with ads and then I I'd launch my Hulu with ads while eating a pastrami sandwich?
1: <laughs> there's a there's a whole class system going on there with the meats <laughs> and the ad free yeah not gonna work oh god <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna get us blacklisted from hulu
0: hey we're not we're gonna n- we're, we are not naming names <laughs> that's true <laughs>
1: So we open on the street, and Jerry and George are there, and Jerry can't even give away these Super Bowl tickets that he has. He was trying to give them to George, but he can't go because he's in the Drake's wedding. Not just the Drake's wedding. He's in the Drake's wedding party. He has to go to the Drake's wedding party. It's on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> and George doesn't want them because it's essentially, I love this. He's like, what you're giving me is a bill for hotel and airfare. It's yes. Like, That's not a free ticket. So like, yeah. are you going to pay
0: for my hotel and airfare? <laughs> <laughs> Uh but like I I really I really liked uh Jerry uh trying to give away the tickets. George isn't interested. Elaine laughed at him and Kramer's only interested in Canadian football.
1: <laughs> and how much you went about he has just walls of VHS tapes of raw Canadian football games just no announcing <laughs> just crowd noise. <laughs> oh my god. Just it's so raw.
0: Just.
1: yeah and just one camera angle like just that wide camera angle of the whole field like it never changes like it's just some weird
0: some weird
1: direct feed it's
0: it's just the wide shot oh my god
1: (laughs) and so and also the other thing george is like well you know i don't want to bother with the hotel because he's seeing someone named bonnie finally we get someone's name right off the bat yeah Uh, by the way this is one of those instances where you're like look how much exposition we're getting in the first like a couple seconds of the show, you know, like they're like really setting everything up.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, every once in a while we get a we get a name very early on. It's become a rarity, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and the relationship is moving slowly because they haven't really done anything yet. So he's like, plus you know, so we'd have to have the sleeping arrangement talk about a hotel room, and I am mm. not ready for that yet. So he's finally getting to see her apartment at least. And there in the street, Jerry and George meet Tim Watley, aka Brian Cranston, of course, uh, the dentist from a couple episodes ago, mm-hmm. and. George is like you know oh you smooth everything over by the party he's like Jerry's like oh yeah we're cool now I'd blamed it all on you What a dick move,
0: Jesus.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's obvious because he's very cordial to Jerry and very cold <laughs> to George.
0: Yeah, yeah, cuz uh what? Uh Tim sees them out and Jerry's like, "Oh, you know, just two gals out on the town shopping around." And t- and Tim laughs at it, and George chimes in. He's like, "Yeah, I'm getting a makeover." And Tim just like Ugh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so Jerry is like, you know, hey, do you want these Super Bowl tickets? So he gives him, uh, gives Tim the tickets. And I, I love this part, too, kind of another callback. He's like, how can I ever pay you? Let's go out to dinner. Have you ever been to Mendy's? And Jerry's <laughs> like, no, no, no
0: dinner, no dinner. No, no, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Even when he's, on, when he's on the receiving end of it, you know, it, it wouldn't be him giving. He just doesn't want a favorite <laughs> dinner involved at all. <laughs> So over the apartment, uh, Superman is not only on the fridge, but also in the bookshelf or on the bookshelf, rather, uh, in this scene. And as a thank you for sixth row Super Bowl 29 tickets, Jerry has been given by Tim a label baby junior label maker. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not exactly uh, an equal gift, I would say. No, you know, like-
0: no but it, it's, it's, a, it's the thought.
1: I guess in this case, it really is, I suppose. And Kramer and Newman enter with a board game. They're in the middle of a six-hour risk session. (laughs) And Newman uh, has to go to work.
0: This was the best Kramer entrance since they started, like, muting the applause.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because while Newman was there to knock... What happens is Kramer is knocking with the back of his head. <laughs> it's like, bang, bang, bang. And when Jerry opens up the door, he's got his back to the door. And he comes in and he, like, kicks, his le- kicks everything off of Jerry's table. There's, like, a newspaper on there. Oh, my God, So he yeah. can put the G- wrist board G- down. L-
0: lifts his leg all the way up and then just <laughs> slides it across Jerry's table and then gently sets the board down.
1: yeah have you ever played risk
0: by the way yes oh you have yeah have you not well no no I think I remember a friend and I like
1: setting it up once and then we were bored by the time we were done setting it up
0: (laughs) we uh but my my friends and I played it one time and we we, uh the only thing I remember about I don't remember who won was Hmm. uh I, I think we like ended it whenever someone got to 69 troops <laughs> and, and we we all just like ended up laughing too hard. Like, okay, I, I'm Jeez. I'm invading this country with 69 troops, and we were yeah. all just. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: And that was it. So you didn't finish the game in according to the rules. No, no, no. I mean,
0: it was there. There was a very like clear who was going to win, uh, but we we never got to that point because it would have been another like three hours to just kill off like uh, all geez. the other people.
1: So much like it sounds like it, it was ending much like Kramer and Newman's game was y- probably I, going to end.
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Not to jump too far ahead, but so they're leaving it in Jerry's apartment because. Newman has to go to work and Kramer doesn't work but Jerry's a neutral location for the board so that no one can screw with it Elaine comes in and she loves the label baby that Jerry has and she mentions that she got one for Tim Watley for Christmas and they start putting the pieces together that he might be a re-gifter and this is the word I was talking about at the end of last episode that I believe that Seinfeld the show is credited with creating re-gifter
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, while, they, while they weren't credited with uh, coming up with menage a trois, they might be credited right. with coming up with re-gifting.
1: I believe, I believe it's a word that was coined by Seinfeld. Yeah, we'll have to make sure. We'll have to look that up next week. But uh, yeah, he's a re-gifter. Or maybe Jerry's like, you know, we don't want to jump to conclusions. Maybe he agreed it was a great gift because that's what Elaine says. They make great gifts. And maybe this is an homage to that idea. And Elaine wants to find out. And she intends to do that by getting invited up to his apartment to look around for the label maker. (laughs) Uh, Over at Bonnie's apartment. Boy, it feels so good to say as far instead of George's girlfriend's apartment. Yeah. Oh,
0: my gosh.
1: (laughs) Bonnie's apartment. George is seeing it for the first time and he loves it. I mean, it's got all the amenities. I mean, TV, stereo, hardwood floors, a beautiful velvet couch. And George (laughs) loves velvet.
0: Yeah. He says, like, if I could be ensconced in velvet. (laughs) It would be a dream, or something like that.
1: And this is one of the being a lifelong fan for years, but not having watched it in chronological order. Have we? (laughs) Is this the first we're hearing of George's love affair with Velvet? Because it's kind of all mixed up in my mind. Yes, it is. Okay, interesting. Does this come back? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This will come (laughs) back. But I wasn't sure if like it had already if they'd already planted the seeds. But this is the planting.
0: (laughs) Oh my god!
1: And then George meets another amenity at the apartment, Scott uh Bonnie's male roommate who again they do they whenever they have to cast somebody in it's happened a few times who look like George they always nail it this guy looks exactly like George <laughs> he, he, it, it, like a George stop it's so funny he
0: he looks like he could be George's stand-in honestly <laughs> yeah. like glasses the hair the whole build oh my god even his yeah. voice even his voice is very similar to George's
1: <laughs> yeah it's awesome And so over at Monks, George feels very threatened by Scott uh, telling Jerry about the situation and how you know he's like he looks like I like that he looks like me and he's working from the inside. I look like me and I'm working from the outside. Who do you think's going to come out on top? (laughs) You know just just knowing that you know Bonnie can't won't be able to control herself and they're just gonna you know it's going to be only a matter of time before they go. Hey, why don't we have sex? Mm -hmm. But his obsession with velvet comes up again, and it's evidently as Jerry mentions here, well documented that he's uh, you know anytime velvet comes up that. George mentions that he would live in velvet if he could. (laughs) Meanwhile, Kramer comes in and he suspects Newman is planning a sneak attack on the risk board because he was seen talking to the super and Kramer also spills a little bit of tea about the Drake's wedding. It's off. Uh, the Drake (laughs) found out it was on Super Bowl Sunday and he suggested postponing it. And then that caused a huge fight. And then the Drake is just not getting married now at all.
0: Yeah. Everyone is acting like these are both events that got scheduled like two weeks ago. Yeah, I know. Like, everyone knows. If you're a huge football fan, everyone knows when the next Super Bowl is. If you're getting married, you're planning it out probably a year in advance. Like, this didn't just happen.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure we know, like, when the next three Super Bowls are happening. I think they're all scheduled, and we know the stadiums (laughs) and stuff. Like, like, you know, it's it's like the Olympics, you know. They decided pretty far in advance.
0: Yeah, also, like, if you're a huge football fan... Why are you getting married? A on a Sunday, B in January or February.
1: Yeah, that's playoff time. <laughs> yeah, that's when you're gonna care the most, probably.
0: <laughs> like it's that's gonna be awful. No one's gonna be at your wedding.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I even like I'm not a sports fan, and I know when the Super Bowl is.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah.
1: So. Uh, that means that jerry can use the tickets now so in the apartment george is telling jerry that if tim whatley can re-gift jerry can de-gift and ask for the tickets back now that he can use them so jerry's like all right i'll I'll give him a call and he gives him a call but tim has already made plans to go to the super bowl so oh well and uh, newman barges in as george leaves And this is a great Newman entrance, too. I mean, not only did we get a great Kramer entrance, we got oh my Newman. I think he's done this a couple times, is, like stick, stuck his face is, is in this, the door as it's closing. Is
0: this just where he worms in and yeah. he, he does his best, like, shining impression? And it's just his face in and then he just kind of, like, rolls in.
1: Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. He really uses his mass to his advantage. To like just, you know, the door just can't. Jerry can't hold it. You know. Yeah.
0: Well One thing in this episode that I'll point out when we get to it later that is very inconsistent.
1: Mm, okay. So Newman comes in. And Jerry won't let him near the board, but Newman reveals that he got Tim Watley's other Super Bowl ticket. (laughs) So Newman is going to the Super Bowl with Tim Watley on Jerry's ticket. Uh, Over at Bonnie's, George is kind of prying about the roommate situation like different situations that might come up that might put bonnie in a compromise situation like uh you know we get it when you get up to go to the bathroom at two in the morning uh, What what's the outfit like you know stuff like that
0: <laughs> yeah he, <laughs> making
1: sure that scott isn't getting too much of bonnie
0: yeah like he asks her how tight she's holding her robe when she's coming out of the shower <laughs> asks her about like the massaging situation yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> well like that's a totally normal thing that every person does with all of their roommates male or female
1: Yeah, just rub everybody's shoulders. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And George finally gets to his breaking point because Bonnie's like, oh, George, come on, stop. And so George finally gets to his breaking point where where he says a grown woman with a roommate is unnatural and it's an abomination. (laughs)
0: Jeez. Talk about a grandstand. My lord.
1: Yeah. It's at that point Scott enters and George is like, oh, hi, you know, completely turns it around. Uh, And he's like, hey, I'm going to jump in the shower, uh, you know. And then Bonnie is like, "Okay, just throw my bras out of the way. And George (laughs) is like, oh, my gosh, he's touching her bras. Whereas George probably hasn't even gotten to do that yet.
0: No, absolutely not. (laughs) He just saw her apartment for the first time.
1: Yeah. And so out on the street, (laughs) Elaine and Tim Watley are coming back from a date of some sort. And Elaine invites herself up. And Tim is kind of shocked at it, but he's definitely very excited something that Elaine doesn't really pick up on because she's kind of obsessed with finding the label maker
0: <laughs> and uh, Tim's line here because uh, c- he's obviously surprised at Elaine he's like no one could ever put a label on you huh <laughs> Elaine's like we'll see
1: <laughs> <laughs> and over at monks Jerry and George are there and they I love this exchange who goes to the Super Bowl with their mailman and Jerry goes who goes anywhere with Newman <laughs> but God. then I love the way George's like well He's merry, and even Jerry has to agree. Uh, he is merry. <laughs> you just never hear that as an adjective, except in front of Christmas, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's merry. I guess you got me there. He is merry. <laughs> and George got a cactus to smooth things over with Bonnie, as uh, you know, because they got an argument about Scott. And Elaine comes in and she announces that she is going to the Super Bowl with Tim Watley. And Dre and George are both shocked until they <laughs> until she mentions that she asked to go upstairs. And I love this line, too. This is such so well, this whole scene, she asked to go upstairs. And now he thinks he's going downtown. <laughs> 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 we get a, another I a, a wrote down regifted and de-gifted again in here. I don't know why.
0: Oh, I don't I don't even remember that. The the
1: only oh, thing- oh, no I do so it's it's the way Jerry, again, it's another great line that Jerry ends the scene with. Like he first he regifted my ticket, then he de gifted it from Newman. Now he's using an upstairs invite as a springboard for a Super Bowl sex romp.
0: That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I say- love that whole <laughs> tirade
1: yeah that whole tirade the, the, george like is into it too
0: the last thing i had written down for the for the scene was the springboard to a super bowl sex romp <laughs> yeah great line he, my god he
1: re-gifted he de-gifted and uh, george, jerry does throw in another uh super old reference here he refers to elaine asking him to go upstairs as may west who <laughs> of course is an actress i think she's the one famous for like why don't you come up and see me sometime oh i think it's like one of her famous god. lines okay So I might have to double check on that for for next week. But I did recognize her as like just an old actress, just another old actress. The last movie Jerry saw besides Mary Shelley's Frankenstein was from 1953.
0: Mary Shelley's Frankenstein was the first movie that Jerry has watched (laughs) in 40 years.
1: Yeah, the first movie in the decade of the 90s (laughs) that was filmed in the 90s. So in Jerry's apartment in the hall, Kramer has been watching Jerry's door from his peephole. And Newman, meanwhile... Uh, is already inside Jerry's apartment. He uh, knocks over some CDs. Jerry and Kramer go in. Newman is already scurrying up the fire escape. <laughs> and Kramer yells at him that he's taking the Congo as a penalty.
0: And and this is where uh, Newman's size is inconsistent. How is someone like Newman? We've heard everyone call him Mary. He rolled in the front door. <laughs> How is someone like Newman so nimble and agile?
1: It's true, I, and I think they reference this a lot about him, like, specifically, you know, like, uh, last week, he's fantastic at tennis, we find that's out.
0: That's right, that's right, and looking at these moves out on the fire escape, it's no wonder.
1: Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> he he uses his mass, he's like the juggernaut, you know, he uses his mass and he can move and just doesn't stop. Nothing he, can stop Newman he, once he starts moving.
0: He knows that he has his mass and he knows how to use it.
1: yeah. That's true. You know, he's almost like Bruce Lee in that way. You know, it wasn't about the strength behind the punch. It was about the momentum. That's you know?
0: right. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> Newman is the Bruce Lee of overweight mailmen. men. <laughs> <laughs> what a discovery that we've made. Jesus. So <laughs> out on the street, we do get a business here. It has nothing to do with what's going on out, out on the street, but I still wanted to look it up. Michael's Muffins, <laughs> which is just that just sounds like a great business name. And it, and it it is. It was a business for a very long time at 158, uh, 158 7th Avenue. It's closed now. Looking at Google Street Maps, it's now a frame store. Uh, but uh, I did find an old Reddit post from the NYC Reddit subreddit that was like, hey, does anyone remember Michael's muffins on 7th Avenue? It was amazing. I loved it. And there was only like, there was a couple of people, like one person who was like, oh, yeah, I remember. And that was it. It was like the end of the thread. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, still, I re- was like... Yeah, I remember it. Cool. Thanks for discussing <laughs> yeah. it with me.
1: Yeah, I remember great muffins. All right, great. <laughs> 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 uh, but Elaine and, and Tim Watley are uh, out on the street, and Elaine is inquiring about. Uh, they're they're in a cab, rather driving by Michael's Muffins, I guess. And Elaine is inquiring about the where they're staying when they get down to the Super Bowl. And <laughs> I love I love this. Tim's like, oh, don't worry, we're staying at the Ambassador. Uh, it's right downtown.
0: <laughs> Call back to love, like a couple of scenes ago, obviously, I where <laughs> uh, Elaine wanted to go up. So Tim Watley thinks he's going downtown.
1: Yeah, Elaine's like, "Oh, uh, you know, don't you think there should be two beds because there's two of us?" And, and
0: Tim Watley, <laughs> Tim, are are you familiar with the subreddit Watch People Die Inside?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> this is oh my god! If this isn't a top post on Watch People Die Inside. <laughs> On Reddit, I, I I don't know what is. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a great way to describe it because I just wrote. Tim laughs dejectedly. He's sort of like because Elaine's like, you know, there's two of us, haha, and and he sort of chuckles along. But yes, his his face tells the whole story. <laughs> By the way, please tell me if you're a fan of Watch People Die Inside. That you are also uh, subscribed to Watch
0: Dogs Woof Inside. No. Oh, Dad, you'd love it the most. Okay, you know what? I'm pulling up Reddit right now. <laughs> Watch dogs
1: and wolf inside. It's the best, yeah, because it's it's all those faces the dogs make when like they've been got, you know, when they get caught doing something or when they've been tricked, or when another dog is like acting a big fool and then that another dog looks at you like I don't know what's going on either. You know, that kind of it's it's just the best. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, looked, I'm sure. looking at
0: it right now. Oh my yeah, god. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! The, the the dog with the fountain. Oh,
1: oh, is that? Oh, he's trying. Yeah, he won't hold down. Yeah, the thing. He's trying to like catch one little drop of water at a time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! The the dog with uh uh the, the cone on his head, like getting getting some shots. Baby man, baby boy, what is baby. that? It's a bunch of people just, like, uh, pointing at their dog, like, oh, poor little baby, little baby, man, little baby. And this is definitely something that Grace and I would do with Bosco, 100%. <laughs> all right,
1: well, that was a fun little uh, digression.
0: <laughs> what, what were we talking about?
1: Tim is, is not going downtown with Elaine after all, apparently. Over at Bonnie's, Bonnie asks Scott to move out. She tells George, and uh, that's pretty much the end of that scene. But you know, George has gotten his way, uh, or has he? Because mm. in Jerry's apartment, Jerry tells him that Jerry, Jerry tells George that he unwittingly made a major commitment. George is now the man, and <laughs> yeah. Jerry's like, "That's not a good role for you." <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, George is George is no longer excited. Uh, he he says, "I had the perfect situation. He, he was shouldering half the load." <laughs> yeah.
1: Jerry gives George the label maker to help Scott pack all of his stuff (laughs) to move out. And meanwhile, Kramer and Newman are sitting at Jerry's table playing risk. And Newman is plotting his revenge on Tim Watley for taking his ticket away. Jerry takes a little bit of a delight in the fact that Newman's not going to the Super Bowl, especially on his ticket anymore. And Newman's like, Oh, I hope none of his uh, electric bills get lost or it's going to be lights out. (laughs) (laughs) Out on the street, Jerry runs into Tim Watley and Tim is now not even taking a lane and he gives one ticket back to Jerry so he can go to the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, Kramer's car is getting towed. So Kramer or Jerry yells up to his window to Kramer and Kramer picks up the risk board and runs out following his car being towed (laughs) by the tow truck with Newman in hot pursuit.
0: Tim is now going to the Super Bowl with Jerry, supposedly. Yes. As, As of this point. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's where we are right now. Tim. Okay. Uh, yeah, Tim and Jerry. Over at Bonnie's, Ger- George comes over, and the apartment is empty. Everything belonged to Scott, and he's taking it with him when he moves out. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's bare.
0: How how do you live in an apartment with another person who you presumably didn't know before you came to the city, and you own not a single thing
1: yeah, I'm guessing that everything she owns is probably in her room, which Every, is like a bed and a dresser or something.
0: Literally everything we see that she owns is the robe she's wearing, the clothes <laughs> she's wearing, and a few towels, and uh, apparently some bras, because Scott had to throw them out of the way. That is it.
1: Yeah, everything is gone. Did you notice in this scene, obviously we have uh, you know a, some sort of deleted portion of this scene because... It cuts. You see George, a full body shot of George, and then it cuts back to George, and he's all of a sudden holding a portable TV.
0: No, I didn't. You didn't see notice that. that? It
1: was like a jump cut. Like all of a sudden he's like he's cradling this TV when Bonnie goes <laughs> over and she says, "Don't worry, we have each other." All of a sudden he's like holding something in his hands. I was like, "What the hell is that?" And I could see the antenna, and I was like, "Oh, it's one of those <laughs> tiny little portable TVs that has like a handle on it."
0: Oh my god, I didn't even notice that.
1: Yeah, and I think it. Uh, just not to jump ahead, but um at the end, Newman has the TV. Well, I, I won't skip it yet, but mm-hmm. so I think it probably, you know was referenced and and he picked it up and said something about it, but but they took it out of the episode. Um, over back uh, over on the subway, Kramer and Newman, I guess, are going to get Kramer's car back. and they're playing risk on the subway. and Kramer starts gloating about how well he is doing in the game <laughs> and talking about uh, you know, how he's going to beat Newman, but Newman says he still has troops in the Ukraine. And Kramer starts going off about how weak the Ukraine is. And he happens to be right next to a Ukrainian who (laughs) smashes the board and ruining the game and and ending the game right there.
0: Oh, man.
1: (laughs) By the way, I got to appreciate in this scene because I only learned this, I would say, you know, within the last few years because Ukraine has been in the news how accurate the nomenclature is in this scene, because most Americans will say the Ukraine, the Ukraine, the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And that's really, I didn't know this. It's like the way that Russia wants you to refer to it, because it makes it sound like a territory of Russia rather than its own country. If you just said, Oh, I'm going to Ukraine, you know, like, so it's, it's, par- it's partially like, huh. I don't know, propaganda may be a strong word, but it's like sort of Russian propaganda to call it the Ukraine instead but it's just of the way Ukraine, we, instead of Ukraine. Right. Yeah. So if you wow. say like, Oh, Russia is invading Ukraine. Instead of the Ukraine, you know, it, it just makes it sound like its own country, which which it is. And so Kramer calls it the Ukraine because that's the way Americans do it. But the Ukrainian guy says, I am from Ukraine. Huh. And I'm like, well, yeah, I was like, I don't know if that was on purpose or if they did it to, like, make him sound foreign. You know, you just you take out the the small words to make it so- to make someone sound foreign you know mm-hmm. but uh, i was like that's that's kind of accurate portrayal of the way that a person wow. from ukraine would say i'm from ukraine <laughs> and i don't know what the political the geopolitical area looked like in 1995 but i yeah. but i know that's what it is now
0: uh, again i'm wondering if that was on purpose you know yeah yeah or if it was I, just uh, a really happy coincidence Yeah, right. I guess not. Someone's like, oh, yeah. Foreign people
1: talk like, oh, I don't know. Where is Subway? I know it's where is the Subway, you know?
0: Yeah, I I, (laughs) I guess not a really happy coincidence, but just like a a really (laughs) accurate coincidence.
1: Yeah, an accurate coincidence. Yeah. So over at Tim's building, Elaine uh, gets a drop on him and confronts Tim, (laughs) um, who admits that he did re-gift the label maker because it didn't stick to anything. And Elaine gets all misty yeah, yeah, about... He,
0: he call, calls it the worst gift I ever got.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Elaine gets all misty about, you know, how it was to thank him for the free dental work and you did such a good job and you were so gentle and they embrace.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: for some reason,
0: they... They're, I don't know. it. Uh, I don't know what was going on in this scene. <laughs> I don't know, but, uh, I mean, they, they embrace. They start making out and that's the scene.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Over in a mail truck... We see labels falling off of all of Scott's boxes because he used the label Baby Jr. to label them, (laughs) and this is an interesting part of New York life that I don't know anything about. But I guess if you're moving across town, it's cheaper to like put all your stuff in boxes
0: and ship it to your new apartment. Would it be? Because that's ridiculous. I think so too. Like you're (laughs) staying in the city is uh. I'm guessing that there are no like U-Haul. Outlets in the city, right? No, it's uh, gotta be. I, I I don't know. I mean, you, you've <laughs> got to go outside of the city to get to like a department store. You know, you've got to go out to like Long Island or something to get to a Walmart, or or like up towards Connecticut or, or into Pennsylvania or Jersey. There's n- <laughs> there's no department stores uh, in, in like Manhattan. I mean, you might yeah. find like a small like Target, but you're you're not gonna find uh, a, a, like a uh, like a Sam's Club or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, you're
1: going to find the neighborhood version of stores. Exactly. Like, yeah, they like the market districts instead of a giant eagle but to, like to bring it to Pennsylvania. But like if you're if telling you me,
0: you're telling me there isn't like some neighborhood moving service that would do this for pennies on the dollar as opposed to shipping your boxes with the postal service? <laughs> Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, if any New Yorkers can help us out, that's why I was like, I guess this must be the way they do it. I'm just not New York, you know? Like, I think he could have gone out. I think you only have to go as far as like, sure, maybe not the Upper West Side of Manhattan, but if you go out to Queens or if you go... Just a little bit outside. of the- People are moving all the time. There's got to be
0: I'm a, truck rental services. Yeah. I-, I know we've got listeners in New York City. Uh, <laughs> I-, I just mailed out a sticker to one of them. So th- that's, that's happening, by the way. If you Yay. are listening from New York City, please reach out to us. Let us know what is the situation when you need to move.
1: Yeah. If you had to move an entire two-bedroom apartment, which is what Scott is doing, <laughs> would you just ship everything in boxes or would you... get a u-haul yourself or would you hire you know whatever two men in a truck there's got to be a they've got to be everywhere
0: (laughs) oh my god
1: yeah it it seems crazy to me and it might might it might just be another thing they wrote because just for the device that it's it's useful later you know it's like just some scott just some bad luck for scott might be yeah yeah (laughs) So at the Super Bowl, we're at Joe Robbie Stadium, which is the stadium in Miami. Still, uh, it's not called Joe Robbie Stadium anymore. It was only called Joe Robbie Stadium from 1987 to 1996. Ever since 2016, it's been uh, 2016. It's been Hard Rock Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry is finding his seat, and it just happens to be right next to Newman, not Tim Watley. Uh, Tim Watley bailed because he's in love with Elaine. <laughs> oh God. And we get uh, one more visit to Bonnie's apartment. And they have a little tiny TV that George has brought over and no couch, no velvet couch to sit on. And (laughs) Bonnie is going to get some towels to sit on. And George now has to make the roommate switch back. He's like, how do I get out of this situation? And so he suggests a menage a trois. And it's at that moment that Scott comes in and Bonnie goes, remember what we talked about last night? George is into it.
0: Oh, and then God,
1: and then Scott goes, "Oh really?" <laughs> and puts his hand behind his back and advances on George. Oh my lord! In like a very predatory way.
0: <laughs> yeah, like this camera angle too. Just oh my God! Like yeah, okay. It gets okay very close you, to George. If you're, if it's revealed that you're down for a menage a trois, <laughs> like let. Like talk about things first, yeah. like socialize. That's some ground rules. Like it's <laughs> not like, hey, George is down to down for a menage a Oh, really? Whoop! <laughs> and right to Pound Town, right that second. I know.
1: Maybe Bonnie forgot that uh, that uh, Scott also has like a sexual assault fantasy that he talked about oh, last
0: good night. Good lord! <laughs> and that, remember what we talked about? Yes, I do. And and that's that was what Scott was. Uh, <laughs> gonna start living out and not the menage a trois fantasy (laughs) what were you talking about bonnie i was talking about that thing i mean but bonnie is in her robe here i don't know if you i don't know if you noticed that so like i did maybe he saw the robe and she brought it up so maybe he's like okay we're good to go right now
1: I think that's as good a theory as any, because as we heard from Jerry, you know, if you're an orgy person, you have to get robes. You have to dress it mostly all in robes.
0: Oh, my so, God. Yeah. I <laughs> didn't even put that together. I thought that's what you were saying. No, because I just thought, like, okay, she, she's in the robe. She's, like, uh, either, like, getting out of the shower or, like, going into the shower. Uh, but, like, oh, my God. That's something yeah, I didn't even think of. <laughs>
1: and uh, And the that's where the camera freezes as Scott uh, assaults George. <laughs> and we do get a little epilogue at the Super Bowl. Newman is, first of all, crowding Jerry. We're talking his mass has come up a lot. This is one case where Newman is far too big for a Super Bowl, a uh, stadium <laughs> chair and so he Jerry has absolutely no room but Newman's raving about the good luck he's been having first he was losing risk but then the board got destroyed so that didn't happen and then he got the Super Bowl ticket back and then a bunch of boxes showed up at the post office with no labels and you know what that means freebies and one of the things that he picks up is the tiny tv and, and that he, George was holding
0: and he brings it with him to the Super Bowl <laughs>
1: No, <laughs> you know I've I've been to stadiums where guys have brought you know, where I've seen little TVs and, and I guess partly I get the appeal because A, you can hear the announcers and B, you get the, ca- you know, you see the camera angle right in front of your face. That's or true.
0: That's true. You know, okay, this is the second week in a row that I've brought this up. I've been to a NASCAR race before and there are people that rent monitors to watch the TV broadcast of it, but most everybody... Uh, has a radio scanner so you can listen to like the team's broadcasts to each other and you can also hear uh, the radio broadcast and the TV broadcast of what's going on while also just like watching for yourself.
1: Yeah, because you only get to see those cars for like one second as they speed by and then they're on the other side of the track. Yeah, I mean, it it depends on where you're at. Ah, that is pretty much the end of the episode and I do want to mention that this is kind of interesting. Super Bowl 29, which is the Super Bowl that they're at, actually took place January 29th, 1995, 10 days after this episode aired. Hmm. Yeah. So it's too bad they didn't do I know this has come up a lot. You know, it's too bad they didn't do the Simpsons thing like Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my
0: God. Uh, but
1: the, the Falcons were nowhere near it. It was San Francisco against San Diego and San Francisco won 49 to 26.
0: Ah, Um Okay. Uh, I, I did want to bring up the possibilities that we have for this week's cover art. Oh. And I, I remember doing this like a season ago and I I, I always just forget about it, but I'm going to see if we can like start incorporating this as like an end of show thing, like anything that stuck out to us. Uh, so what I've got for possibilities for the cover art is uh, Tim Watley dying inside. <laughs> there is... Kramer offending the Ukrainian dude who then destroys the risk board. And then there is obviously Scott on his way to assault George.
1: <laughs> man, I love all of those. The only one I would throw into the mix is Kramer's uh, amazing stretch to kick everything off of Jerry's table. is pretty funny, too. Holding the risk board. Mm,
0: man, i I don't know. They're all really good.
1: Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, uh just just for the sake of knocking it out I'll, I'll even though I think it's very hilarious I'm going to knock I'm going to knock Scott out of contention okay
0: okay <laughs> cuz I like Tim
1: Watley but I also like just the uh, the gang being in it you know that's true that's well, true I don't, know. I, I don't
0: think we've had a guest star be the cover art yet at least not <laughs> solo and that's what yeah. tim Watley would be so okay i think for that reason we can knock tim Watley out of the running so we've got kramer uh insulting the ukrainian guy who then just dis- uh destroys the risk board or <laughs> kramer just ever so gently kicking the newspaper <laughs> off of jerry's table <laughs> I, I
1: like both, so I'll leave it. I'll leave the final decision up to you. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, what did we have for homework?
1: Well, I was going to do a little bit more research about May West, I guess, or just uh, that I was right about her being the "Come on up and see me sometime" woman. Um, but besides that, I don't. I don't know if we had anything else,
0: right? I, I don't think so. Nothing that really like stood out to to us. I don't think. No.
1: I'm curious to see if I get any info about a deleted scene regarding that portable TV.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the only the only thing that I want to, to know for homework is what it's like to move in New York City. <laughs> and, yeah. and I mean, that that's something that we could research. But if you're listening to this and you live in New York City, please reach out to us, especially if you've moved just across the city.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, Anecdotal I would, evidence is going to be big.
0: Yeah. I, I would love to know.
1: Yeah. And I think that's it.
0: All right, uh, do we want to come up with a better description? Oh, we can try. All right, so we had Jerry and Elaine are suspicious of a friend's gifts. I kind of like it. I I like it too. It's very um it's uh very plain. Doesn't give anything away and it's short. No.
1: Yeah. I really and it and it it doesn't it's not specifically about the label maker because you know the Super Bowl tickets end up becoming gifts from Tim Watley, in a way,
0: and know? if you want to phrase it this way, we could also be talking about Tim Watley's penis. <laughs> yeah, they're suspicious about Tim Watley wanting to go downtown. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. It works on so many levels, and it's uh, yeah, that's why it's great. So we don't have to change a word.
0: Uh, okay, so next week we have got season six, episode thirteen, the scoff law. Original air date, January 26, 1995. If you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see a friend, John Lovitz, takes illness to get Jerry's sympathy, semicolon, Kramer obstructs justice. Wow.
1: Yeah, so I do remember a little bit of this episode, obviously, because probably because John Lovitz was, you know, a big uh, comedy star at the time. It's interesting that it's not Jerry and Elaine, blah, 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 friend. Special guest star John Lovitz. That's normally how they write these things, you
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird that they kind of incorporate him in the front of it. M- yeah, maybe it
1: makes it sound like he's playing himself,
0: you know. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Is he? Does he? No. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> I know, that'd be amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: John <laughs> Lovitz it's, does it's, this.
0: <laughs> it's not a it's not a John Voight scenario. No. Okay. <laughs> no.
1: Uh, but yeah it's interesting we get another famous John guest starring Spell,
0: spelled J O N. Yeah that's right. <laughs>
1: uh, so all right so that should be a good episode and I I put a star next to this episode. I'll be honest oh I'm my like, God. i loved love yeah. you talking about it again. I'm I was <laughs> laughing just as hard talking about it as I was watching it.
0: Yeah this was this was a prime episode. Like this was so good.
1: Yeah yeah just just enjoyable all the way through and I'm worried I'm like starring way too many episodes in Season six, and I worry that that worry has made me not star some actual winners. Oh so. my god! Yeah, I know. I, I'm I don't know what the end of the season's gonna look like once we have to break <laughs> it down. I'm either gonna have twenty, uh, it's gonna be a top twenty list, or it's gonna be like a top five list, which is
0: what we're, we're after anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, how many times would we be like, okay, what's your top eight? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well uh, no, I have, actually have ten. Ted. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. My top thirteen of this season were. <laughs>
1: All right, I tried to get to eight, but it's actually 16. So <laughs> I've got two top eight lists. We'll start how, with the how, first. How many
0: episodes were the season? 23? Oh, yeah. I've got a top 24.
1: <laughs> you didn't say how many top eight lists I could have. I have three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So is that it? That's it. All right. For No Hugging the Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Halliwell. Be good.